welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. There's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. And uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks for sharing. Uh, only this one and one more episode left in 2023. It is getting late. It's that time of year. Happy belated birthday to my little brother and uh, three-time podcast guest, Joseph. Actually, <laughs> the day I'm releasing this is my birthday, I think. Uh, December 11th. That's my birthday. Hey, what do you know? <laughs> Anywho, I, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Thanks to everyone who shot me a message uh, or was in the live chat. Uh, it was a lively live chat in the uh, finale of season one of the Dads and Drinks show. Uh, again, if you're not subscribed over on my YouTube channel, please go ahead and do it. It's free. Just click the damn button. It's in the show notes below. It's not hard. Helps me out. Doesn't hurt you at all. Doesn't cost you a penny. Doesn't even mess with your algorithm on YouTube to subscribe to someone unless you watch a bunch of their videos, in which case you probably want to see more when they have new videos. But anywho, hit subscribe, please. I don't know why people don't do that. I think I was in more people's top five Spotify podcasts than I was than I have YouTube subscribers on the channel. Now, I know the podcast doesn't go on YouTube, although I've been a lot better about putting clips up there that I'm editing. But anywho, please do me a favor, you know, give, consider it a birthday present. And you know what? Maybe maybe send it to a friend and say, hey, hit subscribe on this dude's channel. Maybe they'll like it. I don't know. Maybe they like Arby's as much as I do. I doubt it. I don't think that's possible. Anywho, <laughs> uh, Kim Lombard is my guest on today's podcast. He is the writer on uh, Pink is In. Now, back in episode 118, I had Trish Renone on the podcast, and she is uh, a lead in Pink is In. It's a show that's uh, now on Tubi as well. Um, you can see it a bunch of different places. Click on the, the link to the show. Um, it's a, a funny comedy about a women's prison. Kim is the uh, writer of the show, and he also plays one of the, the main characters in the show. Um, so, you know, he, he's got the writing and the acting thing down. And uh, we talk a lot about uh, about writing, about comedy in general. Uh, it's just a fun conversation. A lot of pop culture in this one. Uh, so I think this, it's a very enjoyable chat. And make sure you check out Pink is In. I think outside of Women Want Everything, Pink is In uh, having uh, two... Two of its actors uh, slash writer on the the show in 2023. That's a uh, probably the the second uh, second most popular show on the Jeff Macalino podcast, I suppose. So, anywho, enjoy it. I'll see you on the flip side. All right, everybody. I'm very pleased to welcome Kim Lombard to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you today? I am doing very well. Thanks for having me on, Jeff. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh I I'm glad to have you on. Um I I, I feel like we're we're part of uh, a very extended family already because I mentioned to you uh that uh Trish uh was on the podcast 
gosh, I, I should have checked how long ago it was. I think it was earlier this year, not that long ago. Um, so I'm like, oh, I, I know Pink is in. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually floored to hear that. I, I, I just love Trish. She's awesome to work with, uh, super creative. And uh, and uh, it's really funny that that she was on the show. I didn't realize. Yeah, so you're you're the second person for Pink is in to be on the show. So, so that's a, <laughs> as as far as uh, you know, outside of the a movie I shot, which I think I've had four people from that on, and myself, of course. Um, I think I think Pink is in is number two as far as like you know source material for <laughs> for guests. Yeah, well, it's a great show, so I'm glad that you were you uh, you had both of us on. Yeah, so you um. You're the writer. Yes. For Pink is in. Um, how did that, I, I guess, just how did that come about? Um, and I guess tell the audience in case they didn't listen to that episode with Trish, uh, you know, what what it's about uh, and then how you came to be, you know, the writer for the show. Well, it's a really great story, actually, because um, I, I was a drummer for 30, 35 years. And, um, you know, drummers were all like Muppets, you know, the heads bopping around. I had the big mop of blonde hair. And uh, I damaged my neck really severely. So I'd gone in to, uh, to have some surgery. And I get a phone call. And while I'm recuperating, I get a phone call from Lisa Crawford, who's kind of the creator of the show. I'd met her a couple of times because uh, we were both background extras on film. And I, I'm also a body double and a stand-in. And uh, so she said, hey, I got this idea for a show. I'd love you, love for you to be on the show uh, uh, for the teaser. And because uh, we're going to make a teaser and we're going to pitch it to the networks. And I'm like, well, that's great, except that I've just had surgery and I'm staring at a ceiling fan because I'm wearing a neck brace for the next 47 days. Mm. So she said, oh, that's too bad. And, you know, she hung up and that was the end of it. But then, like I said, I was staring at a ceiling fan for about four hours. And I thought, well, why can't the character be wearing a neck brace? So um I called her back and she's like, that's hilarious. Yeah, let's do that. So I actually shot the teaser version of the show um, uh, wearing this neck brace. And it was uh, it, it was great. It was all, you know, it ended and that was it. And it, as as often happens, nothing happens. So uh, about two, three months went by and I get a call from her again and said, OK, uh, I got us a deal. Start writing. I'm like, wow, you know. <laughs> so I did. And it was during the you know, when the whole virus thing was happening and um you know, and I, there was not much to do anyway. So I, I just sat in my in my apartment and I started writing um, because she had what she had done. She'd scored a four episode uh, deal with with a small streaming service here called Bell. And um, so I wrote the four episodes and I just I had so much fun writing it that I decided to keep going. And before you knew it, I had eight episodes. And uh, so we started shooting. We shot the first four and it was really great. And then the when the whole thing came out and I got to see you know, what we had accomplished, it made it easier for me to go back and sort of fix the next four episodes because I, you know, I started to understand the characters and, and what each actor brought to the character. And so I, you know, sort of honed it and tuned it up a little bit and, and made it tighter. And we shot the next four. And before you know it, we're doing a further four. So we're up to 12 episodes, uh, one being a Christmas episode. And um, and they're really good to me. They just leave me alone to write. And um, and plus, you know, our cast is super talented and and they often improv lines. And my God, if they're funnier than what I've written, I'm, I'm totally happy with that. Yeah, it, it's uh, with comedy writing, I, I feel like there's multiple layers uh, that I that I want to ask you because that, and that was one of them is 
you you've got to be happy to an extent when they improv but i also imagine some writers are like come on man i i was funny already yes you do get that i was um i was explaining to someone the other day that um i was on a set once many many years ago and even if even if they changed one word in the sentence, they would go and the director would go over and ask the the writer, is it okay if we, we just change this one word or, well, you know, the inflection in the voice, that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm the complete opposite. You know, I, uh, I, I kind of followed the Gene Simmons uh, from Kiss. You know, he, he said uh, that sometimes he doesn't even play on the albums, you know, or, or on a particular song. He said, why would I play on it when I can get the best LA session player to play? you know, the baseline. And, and I totally agree with that. So if I, if I've written something, but one of the actors goes, Hey, I got an idea and they throw a line in that's funnier. Why wouldn't you use it? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, uh, uh, fortunate. I, I would struggle so much from, from someone who's trying to get into acting mm. the couple of, uh, features I've done so far. Yes. Thank God. It's like, you know, just just say it how you think the character would say it. The words don't need to be exact. Just you, make sure you hit the joke. And I'm like, okay, because I'm like, yeah, I, you know, it's <laughs> a lot of times with me, it's actually like, I don't even want to, I want to shorten the line. Like, I'm like, uh -huh. there's too many words. I want to cut it down, <laughs> which well, I don't. You know what, That that's <laughs> actually, what you're saying is actually true as well, because a lot of writers are too wordy. Mm -hmm. You know, and when I write, I stand up and read the dialogue out loud because I think, okay, would you would you say it this way, or would you just you know chop out a couple of words and just get to the point quicker? And um, yes, I, I do agree with you. Sometimes I've read scripts and I'm like, well, it's pretty good, but it's just too wordy. There's too much happening. You don't need that. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, I also can't. I don't know why I'm putting myself in the position. I can't say there. There's a few words. I, I think everybody has a few words they just can't say. And mine is oh. <laughs> com the go. long form of comfy. I can't. Comfortable? Yes, I cannot say that word. It, <laughs> I don't know why. It, it's comfy. If I try to say it, it comes out closer to convertible. <laughs> I know. That's really funny. So yeah. I'm just like, well, we got we to gotta either go with comfy or change the word completely to a synonym. <laughs> But I, I don't think I don't think you're the only one that that suffers from that because there's some really funny like I I I have like a thousand DVDs and most of them are comedies and some of my favorite parts of a movie are to watch the blooper reel, and that often happens where an actor gets stuck on a word or just he's got a mental block and he can't get that dialogue out and that's often as funny as the film if not funnier, um, <laughs> so it's quite common I'm sure you've seen this out, outtakes of, of like Seinfeld with uh, Jerry Stiller. Uh, trying to get some of the dialogue out it's brilliant you know and it just he gets a he gets a mental block and and uh you know it often adds to the humor too yeah it's even funnier when when in the finished product they just went ahead and changed the word so they failed 10 times and they're like just go with this <laughs> we've tried enough <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah absolutely so uh but yeah what i was saying earlier is you know the cast are really awesome and um you know for example we have we have a guy named patrick mckenna on the show he shows up uh, in i think three or four episodes where he's supposed to be an exchange warden i should really let your viewers and listeners know the show is is called pink is in and it's it's about a very poorly run women's prison and the the show kind of focuses more on the administration uh rather than the prisoners 
and and the the administration or every you know they're completely inept and they've all got their own problems much like a Frasier kind of thing you know and um so we have one one actor on the show he's like i said he's done three or four episodes his name is uh, patrick mckenna and he plays what we he plays a a foreign exchange warden from eastern europe and he's come over to see how we run prisons here in north america uh and and the, the point of the story is that he's so brilliant that you know here's the dialogue patrick he learns it but then he, he'll throw in line he'll ad lib lines and it's like man that's way funnier you know use that and um again for any of you viewers and listeners patrick mckenna he was on a very iconic canadian show called the red green show for i believe he did something like 14 seasons but he's also on a show called murdoch mysteries which has uh, been very successful worldwide and he's also on a show called traders i think he did four or five years of that show um so it's really a, a pleasure and an honor to work with a guy with that type of talent um, and, and a lot of our cast are like that. They've taken a ton of improv classes and, um, and can just, you know, here's, here's your dialogue, but if you come up with something better, awesome. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and it's available now on, uh, it's on prime and Tubi, correct? Yeah, that's right. Tubi, tubi.com. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a great little streaming service and, yeah. uh, and Amazon prime in the U S as well. And, and, and again, for you viewers and listeners, uh, it's on Amazon prime in the UK. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, I, I love, I love how much is, is going on Tubi nowadays because nobody has an excuse not to watch it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's awesome. And it's funny because in a sense, it's gone back to the way we used to watch television because you you'll watch the show and then depending on the show's popularity, you'll get a number of commercials. And that's mm -hmm. kind of how we started, you know, with network television. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is. It is funny for for quite a long time. I went. I never would watch commercials. The only the only time I'd watch commercials is if I was watching live sports. And depending yes. on the sport, sometimes I intentionally recorded the game and started at 45 minutes late so I could skip the commercials. Yes. Um, but yeah, now it seems like, you know, no matter what, you're going to get ads. So just learn to learn to live with them again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've come full circle, haven't we? But yeah, you're right. Tubi's, Tubi's a great uh, streaming service. And um, they're starting to produce their own product as well and, uh, you know, own feature films and, and shows. So, yeah, it's a great if any if if anyone hasn't heard of it, check it out. It's T-U-B-I dot com. Yeah, it's probably safe to assume that's where the two feature I did are going to end up. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, nothing wrong with that. It's worldwide, no. you know. No, well, that's good. Again, it'll be like nobody can be like, oh, I don't want to pay to walk. Well, you don't have to. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, from a, a a writing perspective, um, I, I again something I I try to do and and struggle with at times. There's there's two parts to it is. Well, I'll, I'll start with this. One is I, I always I, I've had this discussion. It's not a debate. It's a it's an interesting discussion with my brother who's written a couple novels. Um, and I try to write screenplay type stuff. And one of you, one of the things is a, a TV comedy that I'm trying to write. And we discuss I, I've always said the way I write it is I, I really work on the characters. And then I let the characters kind of write the show. But that sometimes leads to a lot of looseness. And he says, no, I have a story. And then I find characters to fit in there. And then I, you know, develop the characters from there. But he's definitely story first. He knows the story he wants to tell. 
and then throws characters into this world to tell the story. Whereas I'm always like, I don't really know what story I, I want to tell. I just know that these bizarre people interacting with each other is going to be funny. Um, so I guess, I, do you have more of a method, especially since, you know, this show now you've, you've written more than a dozen episodes. So you, you've got a good feel of the characters at this point. Um, so do you sit down and think what, how, what, what story do I want to tell this episode? Or is it more, let's let the characters play and see what comes out of it. I, I tend to agree with, uh, you were suggesting your brother is story first, character second. I, I'm mm -hmm. the same. Um, but with Pink is In, it was kind of interesting because it was written almost like a soap opera because uh, stuff that happens in the first episode doesn't resolve until the 12th episode. And uh, plot is everything. Storyline is everything. Um, and, you know, if you find the right cast, they're going to add to that character. I mean, you obviously, you give each, each actor a character breakdown and you say, look, I envision the character being like this or like that but let them run with it. And one of my favorite things is um, there's a girl on the show, Paige Locke, and she plays a character called IQ. And I told her, you know, this is how I envision the IQ character. But she, she on the day, she came up, um, uh, she, she came on with these very, very sort of thick rimmed glass, uh, rimmed glasses. And the way she spoke was very uh, uh, nasal and very halting. Uh, 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 and it was completely different than I envisioned it, but it's brilliant. So the, the actor took the character to the next level, um, but they still got to have a plot line. They still got to have stuff to do. Uh, and so that's where I came in, you know, just to, to uh, hopefully each episode's kind of uh, interesting for, to the viewer as well as funny. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that makes for a better i think that makes it a lot easier to get a concise episode and and have that through line because that that is one thing where i'm like yeah these are funny situations but i don't really have a beginning and an end I just kind of have i have a lot of great filler scenes but uh -huh. <laughs> not like the the yeah. through line <laughs> sure i i understand what you're saying no the story is everything um and like i said with my with with pink is in um, every episode kind of ends with with the viewer going, oh, wow, what's going to happen next? And, and that's what you want, ideally. You want them to, to, come, to tune in again because they want to know what happened in the last episode, you know, in the next episode, rather. Yeah. And how I see that's that's another difference between TV and, and a film where a film, even if you want to have a, you know, a, a, I guess you could have a cliffhanger if you're writing a, a sequel or trilogy or whatever. But but on a, you know. For the most part, most films are it's a beginning and an end. We get an end that if there, you know, you never see anything again, you're happy with the story. TV, yes. you've always got to keep keep pulling them along a little bit, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And um, I, I, to be honest, I never saw the entire series, but I think wasn't Lost. I think Lost was like that, where every episode you're like, oh man, I wonder what's going to happen next. And, and of course, that's what kept that series, you know, going for as many seasons as, as it did. Um, but you're right with with regards to feature film, it's just got to have that really awesome ending, you know, uh, how it all ties together, how it all resolves. And um, with regards to uh, comedies, there's there's quite a few that, uh, you know, they end and you're like, wow, what a great ending, you know. Um, I always think of. One of them is the is the Hangover. You know, they did three of them, 
Yeah. And when it ended, I actually hoped they made a sequel to it, you know, because it was so brilliantly written. And so, of yeah. course, I have all three three um, uh, movies because they're all they're all really they're all really funny, and it keeps you entertained where you want to see where the characters go. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that. The, I think I I I almost definitely saw the first one in a theater. And I was so, I mean, it's great no matter where you watch it, but I'm like, that was so great to see that one in the theater because I, I don't know that, I don't know that I've ever, maybe Borat, I saw that in the theater and I, I most people were crying at, at, during that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that that's, and and thankfully for, for comedy films, theaters are coming back. I feel like it's so important to, to me, watching mm -hmm. a comedy on my couch not the same as what even with a, a a group of three or three or four people uh you know it, it's i guess same same as watching a stand-up special it, it really helps to be around other people so you're not a weirdo laughing on your couch while you sip your whiskey <laughs> it just it just feels weird so somewhat depressing <laughs> yeah i i have to agree with you um borat was awesome uh i saw it in england actually and i and i know i was laughing the hardest in the whole theater because it's just it's it's what I I don't know if it's a proper term, but I call it cringe comedy. Yeah. You're like, oh God, he's not going to say that. Oh, please don't say that. And of course, he says it. You know, and 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 I just I just love the Borat film, and and actually, I, I was looking at his stuff the other day because he also did one called The Dictator, which is incredibly funny. And again, it's very uncomfortable to watch, but you can't turn away. Yeah. Um, and and with regards to to The Hangover, it was. It was kind of like that. It was I. I loved The Hangover, especially the first one, um, uh, yeah. because of Zach Galifianakis. He was just so brilliant in it. Yeah, they they all. I, I love that movie because they all. I, it was perfectly cast with those three guys. Yes. Um, and I, I love it because they all had their specific, you know, Characters. role to play. It really. It, it it shows comedy acting is it's hard it's very it, difficult uh and i'll tell you you're absolutely right it was it was whoever cast those three guys in those roles and you know another movie that's kind of in the same same vein is uh horrible bosses i was i was about to say that yeah perfectly yeah. cast movie <laughs> yeah it really was those guys were so great they were so hyper and so wound up for for both of them because there's two there's two uh, yeah films. Yeah, and um, Jamie Foxx yeah, was, was so good too in that. It's a brilliant; they're brilliant films, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping. I I do. I realize, and you know, from talking to other comedians, I'm always like, ah, I wish there were more blockbuster comedies out there. And his point is, well, the studios don't make as much money because you can't. What's funny in America, you know, uh, Canada, America, doesn't translate to Chinese. So yeah, that's very true. Uh, um, you're absolutely right. Where um, I think you know, I, I'm sure you'll agree with me that the Brits do the best comedy. The, the Brits are uh, probably brilliant. yeah. You know, their their stuff is just so brilliant. Um, and uh, um, but you're right. It's it's comedy is different in different countries. You know, um, stuff that we would laugh at. Yeah, they wouldn't laugh at maybe in Germany or something. Or a big show in Australia doesn't translate here. So uh, yeah, there's definitely differences uh, in in humor around the world. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely. And uh, excuse me. Now you did stand up, but that was 
after you were a drummer, correct? That was after your music career? Yeah, I'm kind of stretching the truth a little bit. I did do stand-up, but a lot of it, most of it was uh, the band. One of the bands I was in was very interactive with the audience. So we did a lot of stand-up uh, on stage, just talking to the crowd and, and doing shtick on stage. Um, but I'm a huge, huge stand-up comedy fan. Um, I, I, uh, I have so many, so many different stand-ups that I like. I prefer guys that are really clever, like uh, Stephen Wright, Anthony Jeselnik, Mitch Hedberg, uh, Dimitri Martin. These guys are really, to me, really intelligent guys, and their jokes. Uh, Emu Phillips is one that just, he blows my mind how he thinks of this stuff. Um, as opposed to, say, a Cheech and Chong kind of humor, or maybe you know, Larry the Cable guy. Uh, yeah. I just like really sort of clever jokes. And the guys I just named, um, as well as guys like J Greg Giraldo, they're just really, real smart guys, super intelligent uh, writers. Um, so I've always sort of followed stand-up. When I was a kid, you know, I'm, I'm old. You know, I watched the Ed Sullivan show, and that was my favorite thing, waiting for what, you know, every Sunday night it came on, and you wanted to know what comedian was going to be on that night. Yeah, it, it's... Uh... It's it is interesting too the shift you mentioned a couple guys who uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy and Cheech and Chong I guess three yes but um, <laughs> that uh, they came up recently in a conversation I was having where it's like and I don't know if Larry the Cable Guy is still doing and obviously I, I'm sure you know Larry the Cable Guy is a character that this dude I don't remember his real name that this dude plays. Um, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's made him a lot of money. So no, you know, good, good for him. Like I do, I do it too. If I could, if I could have his bank account. Um, but I, I definitely feel like comedy has shifted completely towards the clever guys. And, and the, if you're not that you've got to be super authentic and personal, I feel like. Yeah. That would be a Bill Burr. Yes, that's exactly who I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a brilliant comedian. It took a while. It took me a while to kind of uh, for him to grow on me, you know. And and now I really like him. And I think it's because, like you said, he's really authentic. Yeah, yeah. And I I I think the first time I heard him, I don't think he was as good as as he's. I think he's really developed. The more the older he's gotten, I don't I don't think he's dropped off. I feel like he's actually just. Which is, I mean, good on him because a lot of comedians get their big break where they don't have to worry about money and all that. And uh, Burt Kreischer, uh, and and they draw. I I have a running gag where I make fun of Burt Kreischer on the podcast. <laughs> Just okay. <laughs> I, right. I actually like the guy, but but in fairness, I do think his last two specials have been way down from where he was, and I do think it correlated with. I'm rich and famous now and that I understand it work a little less hard and the product suffers, but I, again, I'm not cat. I, I joke because I always say he, he has his reputation as a heavy drinker and I could drink him under the table. That's, that's <laughs> my beef with Bert. Um, that and lying about his weight, because I'm like, we're the, we're the same size and you go out and say you're 50 pounds later than you are. And you make me sound bad. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly. Uh, I remember one time listening to um, Pete Townsend, the guitar player from The Who, and they said something about you know why haven't you put any new material out? And he said, "I, I got nothing left to write." 
and, and I and I really understand that, you know, and I, I think uh, Rick Ocasek from the Cars said something similar, you know, that basically, you know, you, you'd, you've run out of ideas. So um, it's it can very well be the same thing with stand up comics that they've, they've given you the best they got. And, um, you know, it's a little bit of a down downhill from there. Um, but but for sure, Bill Burr is one of those guys that I agree with you. I didn't really like him in the beginning, but now you, you, I get him and he's really he's really clever. And you know another guy, strangely, that's growing on me is Bill Maher. Yeah, I actually, I, I exactly, I, I did not used to like him at all. Um, and and yeah, I, I'm the same. I wasn't a fan. Um, I don't know if but, I've changed or he's changed. <laughs> In his I mean, I case, think, <laughs> I I, th- I got to say, I think he's changed because another guy like that is Russell Brand. I didn't like Russell Brand in the beginning, and now you know I, I watch his podcasts and and uh, and he's 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 an interesting dude, you know, and he's he has kind of morphed into this new. Uh, he's got new perspectives and new takes on things. Is that's my uh, opinion of him that he's he has he's changed a little. Yeah, it, it, he his persona was definitely just 180 degrees different than than what he is now he he seems like an incredibly thoughtful and intelligent man which again his persona was well, i don't know if you know who who tj miller is but almost yep, like would... a dumb tj miller was his like he was tj miller's a little crazy and and you know but yeah <laughs> but a dumb version of that is kind of what i thought russell brand was to be honest yeah, Russell Brand was brilliant in. Um, uh, oh my God! I'm, oh, get him to the Greek with Jonah Hill. Yes, and forgetting Sarah great. Marshall. And forgetting Sarah Marshall, he was brilliant in that too. But he was also horrifyingly bad in a movie called Arthur, which was a remake of a Dudley Moore film from the seventies. But um, I think also his stand-up is really great. But he's super help. Uh, he's super hyper on stage, and and his accent is quite heavy. So you got to kind of understand what he's saying because he's got a very heavy accent when he gets going. Yes, I do think that that uh, in the past has been a bit of a problem with me too. Is uh-huh. that I'm like I I don't people laugh, but I don't even know what the words he said. So. Yes, yeah, yeah, he's he's great though. Um, he's very entertaining. Funny, he hasn't done a movie in quite some time, has he? No, I I don't know. I'm curious now if he. I'm, I'm going to actually look up the last thing he was in because I I I'm wondering if he just kind of gave up on the acting. I don't know if they give up or if they maybe just don't get the call anymore, you know, because I remember years ago, Dennis, uh, Dennis Leary used to be in every movie ever made, you know, and then all of a sudden he doesn't do film anymore. Yeah. It, it looks like he's done a, a, a few, it looks like just small parts uh, in 2022. And one of them was a voice. Um, So yeah, not, uh, but yeah, not a lot since, uh, I forgot he was in 14 episodes of Ballers back in 2019. Oh, oh I didn't know that. I, I haven't seen that series. Uh it's 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 I enjoyed it, but yeah, it's it, you know it's one of those that I, I don't I don't push on people, but I'm like I you know, if you see if you think you might be interested in it, you probably will be. It's mm-hmm. it's what you expect, I guess, to to an extent, which is nothing wrong with that. Just giving you know people what they you know, if if you especially with a, a comedy, if if you read the the tagline and you think this is what I'm going to get, and that's what that's all you get, that's good, good enough. 
Yeah, and there's so much good material out there. You know, it took me years to get to a series called Better Call Saul. <laughs> yes. And I watched like five five seasons of it, I think it was. I may be wrong. And and uh, wow, is it ever good. Like, wow, great writing, great acting. It's really, it's really a great show. But it took me forever to get to it, you know. Um, and I, I'm a very big fan of British comedy. Uh, so I've, I, I always go back to one called the IT crowd. Um, don't know if you've seen it, but it's, it's incredibly funny. And it's written by one. There's, I think there's 39 episodes. It's written by one guy. I really have to look that up. I always tell people, I think there's 39 episodes. But, you know, when you consider that there's so many, uh, so many writers on Seinfeld, uh, the IT crowd is brilliant because just this one guy, Brian Linen, uh, wrote, wrote everything. Yeah, that, that's, uh. The, the one thing with with the British TV shows, like if there is 39 episodes of it, that's like the longest running British TV show I've ever heard of. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> I remember watching, I, excuse me, one of my friends told me for years, the best TV show ever made is Sherlock. And I'm like, oh, 90 minute episodes. And, and there's like 12 of them, I want to say. Yeah. It is in the top three TV shows of all time, for sure. Benedict oh, sure, Cumberbatch yeah. and Martin Freeman are brilliant. Oh, but I'm like, yeah. it's so short. <laughs> yeah, I know the Brits are different the way they do things. You know, um, uh, there was a series I watched called, um, I think it's called Life on Mars. And when it ended, I'm like, no, it can't be over. It's so great. But that's what they want you to do. They want you to wish there was more episodes. That's how well written it is. Um but yeah, I mean, even even the office, the 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 British version the original, of the yeah. office, I think it's twenty. Oh God, I can't remember. It's only two seasons, I think. I I think you're right. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it was two seasons, and they may have done a Christmas special or something. But right, um, yeah. Gervais is brilliant in that though, because you hate him all through the whole series, and in the end, when he gets well, I, well, I don't want to spoil it, but at the end, you're like you feel sorry for him you know but meanwhile they all, every other episode you hate him you know he's so annoying but uh very very well written yeah now it, it's and that's one of the few british shows that i think actually w was done well by america when they uh, by america but when they took it to yeah. america sure um that's one of the few that it's like you can watch both of them and they're different but you'll enjoy them both i think it, it's yeah I think it's the same. There's a series, and I only saw a couple episodes of the U.S. version, but there's one called Shameless. Yes, and and the British version is brilliant, but yeah, the the American version it was it's Bill Macy, William H Macy. Yes, um, yeah, and you know. and I tried to watch. I watched the the American version of it, and I tried to watch the British version, <laughs> and those accents are so heavy. Uh, yes. I, I'm like I I can't follow it. Like I'm like it's uh -huh. it's. I'm like, I, I, I need to, my ears are not good with, they're fine with like a normal British accent, but those were, <laughs> those yes. were not normal. Those were, I, someone told me, and I can't remember what they said, but they, it was a, it's set in a certain uh, poverty stricken area yes. that, where they have that kind of accent. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good. I, I just can't, it, my ears don't get it. <laughs> Yeah, then you know, I was just in England last week, believe it or not, and uh, you can go around a corner, literally around a corner to a, uh, because England's so tiny and the accent is different. It's uh, quite something to see accents change within a couple of miles, but they do over there. Yeah, it, it is. It is very interesting. Um, 
Yeah, the the uh, the only time that ever happened to me was a series that I wanted to watch it because I just love the area. It's in the north of it's an their islands on the north part of England, uh, Scotland rather, and it's called the show is called Shetland, and uh, and I had to give up because the accent was so heavy I couldn't quite understand. <laughs> I felt bad. I, I I wanted to I wanted to get into it a little more, but because um, it's such a beautiful part of the world. But um, yeah, the accents and the words they use are, are different. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, that's the thing with all, I guess, with all entertainment though, is, you know, it's, it's, if I write a show, it might be entertaining to people who, you know, a select group of people, it's not going to be a show I'm working on has to do with auto insurance. That's not going to go anywhere outside of the United States because I don't know if any place else has auto insurance. Uh, (laughs) And if, if they do, it's not, uh, a, a multi-billion dollar industry like it's in America because our lawyers make sure to to get their money out of it. Right. <laughs> Better call Saul. <laughs> well, sure, you know, and, and it's true. I mean, when was the last time you watched, you know, uh, you know, say a German or a Hungarian show, you know, even translated, uh, like we said earlier, I think that the humor is different and the premises are different. So you kind of stick with what you know. Um but Ricky Gervais is is one of those guys that he's been able to morph into different series seamlessly, and everything he does is is absolutely brilliant. So he did The Office, and then um, I know the most recent one he he does is something about a guy I haven't seen it, but I heard it's fantastic. Where um, his wife dies or something, and he has yes, I heard it's just incredible writing. I, I really should get to it at some point soon. I um, watched the first season of it, and it was. Yeah. It was, and his acting is 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 great, also. Yeah. Which it, 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 he deserves a lot of credit for the acting because I, it's interesting with stand up comics and their ability to actually act. Um, some, some pull it off so well that you know, like Michael Keaton, most people don't know he was a stand up comic. Yeah, oh, there's there's quite a few. I mean, you got to give huge points to guys like Jim Carrey, Robin Williams. Yeah, uh, you know, all started in st- you know stand up and then ended up in comedy, and then often a lot of the stand up comics are brilliant at doing dramatic roles as well. Yeah, um, you know, Robin Williams for sure. Uh, I saw him in a couple of serious roles, and he he was brilliant. In the early '90s, early to mid '90s, uh, and I was a I was a kid at the time, but you know even now i think back to it and i'm like god he was in ser- like he was maybe the biggest actor on the planet for like a three four year run and he was doing serious roles yes and and dark roles of some of them some of them yep. he brought his own little sense of humor into like patch adams uh i don't know if you've so- seen that one yeah. was a had some really dark sad moments in it he obviously brought his his humor into it but um yeah, it's like, man, he he for for a good three four years at least really was the man. And I, then he once you fade away in Hollywood, you're kind of you know out of sight, out of mind. But um, yeah, he he was. Uh, uh, people forget how how much of a titan he was there for a while. Yeah, he sure was. Yeah, and um, but again, there's there's other comedians that that I'm of course I'm blanking out now, but there's a number of them, and you're like, wow, this guy's super talented. Um, just being able to do stand-up and then morph into something super serious and pull it off. 
Well, most of I you know you've seen Better Call Saul. I'm kind of assuming you've seen Breaking Bad. So. Well, let me talk to you about that. Yeah, I only watched about four or five episodes. And really, just yeah, I I know I should have gotten into it more, but and then Lord knows how I ended up watching Better Call Saul, but I did, and and uh, and it's actually a prequel, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just I I think what caught me was the writing, and I'm like, these wow, this writing is so good, you know. Um, so yeah, and, and I, I, I know there's just so many great shows. I have a friend of mine and he watches everything. He just goes, Kim, you got to watch this. You got to watch that. And I can't even keep up, you know? Yeah. Um, how how do you have time to do that? <laughs> well, I know. And I actually had a, a friend of mine, actually the guy that directed Pink is in, uh, he said, I told him about some series, uh, something, it was an FBI thing. And he goes, I haven't got the time to watch, you know, uh, 48 episodes or something. Cause you know, he really immerses himself in the show. And he said, he has to factor in his time too, you know, to, to watch all these episodes. That's yeah. That I, you know, it's funny. I have a friend like that with Breaking Bad, and I always, I, I always say that's the greatest show ever made. Um, and he's always like, oh, it's sixty-two episodes. I'm like, that's not a lot for for a TV show. Um, and, and I'm like, but you know what? The one thing I always say is. I'm so jealous of people who have not seen Breaking Bad yet because they get to see it for the first time. Oh, funny. And, yeah. And, and I, I, I'll i never, I, I mean, I've probably watched that show, to be honest, seven or eight times all the way wow. through. Um, and it, it's obviously it's greater. I wouldn't have done it over and over again, but there's nothing like the first time. And it's like, oh, uh-huh. uh, I wish. I wish the only good thing if I got a traumatic brain injury would be like, I get to watch Breaking <laughs> Bad again and not know what's going to happen. It's all. <laughs> that's quite There's a, a silver lining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, to, yeah. To, the, the, that That's quite a compliment though, to the writers, you know, um, that, that you've seen it that many times, you know, and, and still enjoy it. Um, it, I'm, I'm, it's just like I said, it's hard to keep up. You know, there's so many, so much great stuff. And what I've been doing, actually, I, I was saying earlier, I, I buy, I go to flea markets and garage sales and find DVDs, and mm. and I always, I'm always into into comedies, and um, and there's so many that are brilliant that you're like, you know, stuff like going all the way back. I was watching recently. I was watching Beverly Hills Cop with Eddie Murphy. You know, or or trading places with Eddie Murphy. Oh. There's such great films. So good. And and I no, I'd seen them all, but I when I watched them again, um, it's like I hadn't seen them because it's been so many years since I'd watched them, and they're so they're so well done. Yeah, and, and that you know what's funny, I always feel ashamed. It, it it really touches on what you said. I always feel ashamed that I do go back and watch shows I've watched because I'm the same way with like. I've had seven thousand different things recommended to me that, to be honest, I can't even keep track of them. It's one of those things. It's like I've got a couple in my mind that I'm like, I got to get to this at some point, but I'm not ready for that commitment because yep. when I start binging it, I do need the time to. I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to watch three episodes at a time. Football season's not a great time for me to binge a show, <laughs> but I, I feel so guilty that I'm, I'm sitting on my couch and and rewatching Community for the third time. Uh, <laughs> But, right. but it's great show and it's fun and again if you leave a few years in between you don't remember the jokes uh, not all you remember the themes but you don't necessarily 
it's still funny. Um, but I'm like, I'm enjoying watching it, but I'm like, I feel guilty that I'm not watching one of those things on my list, but this, if I'm distracted while I'm watching it or I have to stop mid episode, it's not going to ruin it. Cause I've, I, you know, whereas no. I, I, I don't like, I, I always say I refuse because I've done this multiple times saving private Ryan. I watched the first hour of that movie and I was enthralled. And for whatever reason, I was watching it with my parents. We had to stop the movie and couldn't watch it again until like a week later. Oh, wow. And I, I'm like, I, I don't want to watch. So I've never seen the second half of Saving Private Ryan, even though the first half was amazing. Yes. Because I'm like, all the momentum was lost. I don't really feel like watching that first hour again because it was kind of, there was, especially at the beginning, pretty rough. Um, so yeah, it's like, so I'm never going to see the second half of that movie, probably. Because mm-hmm. I, I'm never, and I've, I've done that with shows too, where I've, I've watched, I've binged like two seasons of a show. And then I, I went on vacation one time specifically. I went on vacation to Disney, came back. My DVR was full, so I had to clear that out and watch that stuff. Before I know it, it was a month later, and I'm like, I don't even remember where I left off on the show. And I really enjoyed that show. I, I don't even remember what show it was. Never went back and watched it, and it <laughs> comes up on occasion, and I'm like, do I want to start all over from episode one? I don't think I do, So, so... <laughs> So, man, well, you know, I'm, I have I'm an kind excuse. Of the, <laughs> I'm kind of the opposite because, you know, um, I like to buy uh, DVDs as opposed to watching on you know, the various streaming services. And one mm-hmm. of the series that I fell in love with, and I've only got to season five, is um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So and funny. So funny. And the characters are awesome. But I've only got to season five because I can't find it anywhere. You know, I'm looking in, like I said, I, I buy them at flea markets and this sort of thing and the other series that i'm i'm like that is i have a number of seasons of curb your enthusiasm oh (laughs) and my god the writing just gets more and more funny as it goes on um and i think i'm up to again i think i'm up to around season five um and uh but there's a guy you know larry david's a guy i i believe the way he does it is what you were talking about earlier when you were discussing your brother's writing techniques I think what he does is he writes the basics of, of the show and the actors that are on that show are so brilliant that a lot of what they're doing is improv. Yes. And, and it, it works, you know, it's because those actors are so brilliant at improving. I'm sure they're following the script as well, but if they want to throw in lines, he's not, he has no problem with it. I've, you know, I've read so much. He, that show is so fascinating and I don't know that there can ever be a show like it. The script is, I think he said that it is five to eight pages, the script. Oh, wow. And it's not like, it's uh, you, you, obviously you know what a script looks like, but for the listener, a script is structured, the, there's the same way for a professional script where it's not, it's more like just a typed out story on a Word document. This is where the scene starts. This is where the scene ends. Just here, you guys figure it out. And they filmed yeah. so many of them. It's like they they shoot that scene you know ten times, yeah. It, it, they, the episode's actually made in edit, so it can go so many different ways. So so part of it is Larry David's brilliant with the idea. The actors are beyond brilliant with their improv. Also, whoever and I assume Larry David has his hands in it, but whoever's editing that really is a genius. Also, yeah, editing is is key. Um, 
And, and I think you're absolutely right, because when I started watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, I realized how much influence Larry David had on Seinfeld, because uh, Larry David's whole thing is, uh, for example, in one episode I saw, I thought it was brilliant, where they go to a funeral and it's an open casket funeral. And he looks in and he goes, that's my golf club. <laughs> so they're trying to steal the golf club out of the coffin. And, and I think the way Larry David works is mostly what you're seeing is stuff that's happened to him or people have told him these stories about odd things. And so, yeah, it makes perfect sense that they could improv something like that, where they show up at the funeral and then they're plotting to get this, this golf club out of the casket. And, and I think a lot of uh, Seinfeld is very, is similar to that, where it's just weird things that happen to you. Like, I think there's one when Jerry's wearing a, uh, a jacket and it starts to rain. He doesn't want to damage it. So he turns the jacket inside out. You can for sure that happened to one of them, you know? Yeah. Um, and so they just play on that. Yeah. It, it's, it, it is interesting and it, it is brilliant that, uh, and, and look, there's nothing wrong with, with big bombastic comedies, but it's brilliant when it can be such a tiny little everyday thing. Yes. And you make it a whole comedic premise for a, a whole episode of a show. It's like, wow, that is it, it 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 changes the way when I when I started thinking about it, I just like will have a notebook and just be like just a tiny little uh, weird kid did this. Like, I, I don't I, you know, just maybe someday something will, you know, the the the, you know. Just ran, I'm walking around a mall is a great a great exercise for sure. uh, finding material to be like that's weird i wonder what the story is there well now go write the story <laughs> yes no I, I think you're absolutely right and i think a, a lot of comedians and and writers and actors uh, uh, writers especially do that sort of thing sit in a mall and watch people go by in the walmart store or something um to get ideas and, and you do and you know that's why a lot of comedians spend time on airplanes so a lot of comedians are doing jokes about sitting on airplanes yeah and, and i get it because that's where they live half their lives yeah, yeah. No, you write what you know. I mean that, right? Yeah. Uh, with um, now if your if your IMDb is accurate, by the way, I love the way this is worded. Uh, you were born at a very young age in London, England. You were born at a young age. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, when did you um? Obviously, I I I don't detect an English accent, but uh, when did you move to Canada from from England? Well, I, I moved to Canada when I was about four, but uh, went back to live a couple of times um, and have tons of relatives and, and friends and family there. Um, but yeah, I've spent most of my life here. And when I was in a band, I, I lived in New York and Los Angeles for a while. And uh, so I've, I've been quite lucky. But yeah, that's why you're not detecting an accent of any type. Yeah, well, and 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 you've you've gotten the life experience in the three biggest English speaking countries as well. So <laughs> you, which I, I probably helps you with comedy. I w I would think because I, I mean, I, I know I could not, uh, I, maybe I'm stereotyping here, but like, I think of British comedy and, and Ricky Gervais, but I, I think of Jimmy Carr and I'm like, oh, I can never do anything like what he does. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a show you have to watch. It's called Roast Battle, but but the British version of there's Roast a British Battle. version. Oh my goodness! I'm it writing that so down. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's on YouTube for the most part. That's where I see a lot of it. But um, awesome. 
it's just really the 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 comedians are just so clever the the jokes are just so brilliant um but uh with with regards to uh british humor when i started writing i was actually living in france i, I was a motion capture actor for an animation studio in france and uh I used to go to these conventions, some in Cannes, but we went to England a couple of times and I started to get interested in writing. So I ended up, I thought, well, who do, you know, you got to learn from the best. And, and so I went to uh, take a script writing course at Thames Valley University in London, England. And at the time I got there, uh, this was years ago, they were into King of Queens. And I'm like, no, I'm here to learn about British comedy, you know, and they're like, oh, we love, uh, you know, uh, everybody loves Raymond. And I'm like, Oh God, no, you know, I'm going to write British comedy. But then they liked Frasier. So we, we sort of hit common ground because, you know, Frasier's got a kind of a British vibe to it. Very much. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's out again. Somebody told me that he's, mm -hmm. he's rebooted it. So good for him. It's a great show. Yeah. It's on Paramount plus. Is that right? Is it, is it the same cast? Um, I watched the first two episodes, I think just recently. And, um, it's at least Kelsey Grammer. Um, uh -huh. I'm trying to remember if. Um, I, I mean, the father, I think the actor who played he, the father passed away. He passed away. Yeah, they they and, acknowledged and, him. Um, I, and, I don't know why I'm blanking on this other guy, his buddy's name. Well, his, I, his, I, I haven't his, seen him in it. His brother. I just read that the brother's not in it. David Hyde Pierce. David oh, Pierce he's not Hyde. in it. Okay. I don't think he is. No, he, I was going to say he's definitely not in the first two episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the point of the story is that I, I went to the UK to kind of get a handle on, on the way they write things. And um, and it was such a great experience to 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 just learn script writing from them. And, and because I was a huge fan of, of Monty Python or Little Britain, uh, Faulty Towers, you know, it's just so clever. Yeah, well, and that uh, it it uh, it makes sense. Even the comedians uh, that you like, I feel like are, you know, Anthony Jeselnik. I feel like very easily could be a British comic. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's really clever. Um, but no, but I, I have to tell you though, one of my my all time favorites is is Woody Allen. Um, you know, he's done. I think he's just wrapped his fiftieth film, and I, I I think I read somewhere that he's retiring because you know he's probably in his late eighties now. He's got to he be. Yeah, he did fifty movies, and uh, and I and I'm I I have most of them. I own a copy of most of his films, and um, I, I'm I like the sort of what you'd call the zany stuff. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work, but Bananas um, or you know Sleeper, those are his early films. Everything you want to know about sex, um, but he's also done serious stuff. You know, he he did a he did a movie called Cassandra's Dream, which is a serious movie, and he also did one called Match Point, which is also really serious uh, about a murder. Um, and I'm just I'm just a huge fan. I don't know how he's the most probably one of the most prolific writers in in history because of all the stuff, all the books he's written. He's written plays. Um, I, yeah. I don't know how he can do it. I, I I know I'm a weirdo. I know most people probably say Annie Hall when when they talk about Woody Allen, but he did a movie starring Larry David. I don't know if you've even heard of this movie. Yep. Whatever yeah, works. And for some reason, and I don't know that it's well received or I love that movie. I I, I I'm not sure if it's I you know, That's I'm not great. sure if it, it's a critical nightmare or critics love it or or people love it or hate it, but for some reason, I've watched it a couple times, and I'm like, "Oh, the sick!" I, 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 for some reason, I really enjoy it. 
Yeah, no, it's a good film. So many of his are great. There's, um, and you know, so many huge actors were, were there's one called the Sweet and down low with uh, Sean Penn. Uh, it's a brilliant film. Um, and you know, he did some with Mia Farrow. There's one called, um, Oh, you know, there's so many of them. There's one called Deconstructing Harry, which is brilliant. Or um, Broadway Danny Rose. That's the one. Broad, Broadway Danny Rose with Mia Farrow. He shot it in black and white. It's just so funny. It's a great film. Or The Purple Rose of Cairo uh, with the uh, the with uh, Daniels, the guy in Dumb and Dumber. I can't think of his first name. Jeff Daniels. Je Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's br they're brilliant. They're great films. They're really funny. Yeah. No, I... I um. Yeah, I've I've seen some of it. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at his IMDb now, uh, and it's like, oh yeah, there's there's someone here that uh, are highly rated that I have not uh, that I've not seen. Um, now, granted, I was I was born in December of '86, so right. in fairness, a good portion of these movies were made well before I was ten years old. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm sad to say I see I saw them all on, when they got released in the '70s. <laughs> yeah, that's what I I for some reason I was like I only saw Annie Hall for the first time, uh, like seven years ago I want to say, and I'm like, well, it was made like ten years before I was born, so I think that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't realize it was that that old, honestly. Which I guess is testament to the film. I oh, mean, yeah. right? Yeah, no, it's it's it's. There's just so many of them that you know. I have probably about oh, fifteen of them are are my favorite. You know, they all can't be your favorite, but they're all my favorite. Um, Play it again, Sam is is absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, if you get a chance, and any of your viewers and listeners. Uh, you know, want to investigate Woody Allen. He's well worth checking out. He's, he's, he's a genius, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and uh, I'm, I'll, I'll have to look, I'm curious how much of his stuff is on streamers or whether you got to go to the DVD route, but I will say this too. Uh, trying to remember who it was. It was a big name Hollywood person, but they said make, um, <clears throat> it may have been Christopher Nolan. He said, make sure you buy this on DVD or Blu-ray so streamers can never take it from you. Oh, well, I um, guess that's why I do it. I like having the hard copy. I enjoy having the, the actual box. You know, that's well, I got so excited and now it's on like three different streaming places. But I got so excited a few years back when I saw it at a bookstore. It was like, a, a, you know, they had like one dollar DVDs and there was a Tropic Thunder DVD in there. Yeah, brilliant. And I film. was like oh yes this is going to be banished from the face of the earth the way things especially the way things were like four or five years ago yeah and now it's on like six different streamers and everyone loves it <laughs> i'm like well i still am glad i have it in case the tide turns again because yes, uh, yes. but but yeah frankly the one thing I'll, I'll give credit to uh to that movie is when uh People tried to make Jack Black and Ben Stiller and Robert Downey Jr. apologize. And they're like, no, it was funny. I don't, it was a funny movie. It was made to be funny. It was a very, very satiric, like it wasn't like uh, trying to make a social commentary. It was just trying to be funny. And it was. So, and it no. was. <laughs> you know, when you're talking, talking about comedies, you know, one of my all time favorite comedies and always gets left off the list of brilliant comedies is Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg and the other guys. Mm. Underrated. It's be, yeah, it's, it, it is. It's got to be one of the funniest comedies ever made, at least in my books. And it's, 
It's got, um, I just thought of it because I think it's Steve Coogan's in it. And I think he's also in Tropic Thunder. I think he plays the director. And mm. um, yeah, he's, he's a brilliant actor as well. And he does, he, he's in one of my favorite British shows called um, I Am Alan Partridge. Um, he plays a super annoying DJ that get, says something wrong on the air in London and gets fired. So he has to take the night shift at a really small uh, radio station in Norfolk. It's a small town in England. And um, everything he says, again, it's that cringe comedy thing. Like he's, he says stuff. You're like, oh, God, please don't say that. And then he says it, you know, but he's <laughs> he's in Tropic Thunder and he's in uh, he's in the other guys as well. Nice. I'm going to have to look up that. Uh, I am Alan Partridge. I, I, I am Alan Partridge. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to look that up because Steve Coogan is a funny guy, too. Yeah. He's brilliant in that character. <laughs> he's really brilliant in that series. Well, he he plays. um Something about his face. He plays, I'd want to say a villain. That's not the right word, but he plays that character so well. Just something, you know. A actors, mm. this is one thing I, I, you know, again, trying to break in in my, in my mid-30s into acting. Uh, it's one thing you have to realize. It's like, you look the way you look. You can, you know, lose your game weight, whatever. But uh, it's like, you know... you. Accept the roles you can fit in and, and don't he doesn't yes. he does a good job, I think. Just I know I know I know my role. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying. That's that's the term character actor. You know, you <clears throat> yeah. There's certain guys that just play certain roles and, and you understand why they do that. Yeah. No, my my lot in life is to play uh roles that Danny McBride declines. I want to be like the guy they call after Danny McBride says, no, I'm doing another right. HBO show. Yeah. All right. I guess we'll call Jeff. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. He's good too. I like that guy. Yeah, no, I, 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 I really, I I've always found him hilarious and I, you know, I, I don't know, I guess I bear somewhat of a resemblance to him, but um, my first feature I did. I had to play a Southern, you know, redneck, you know, with a Southern accent and everything. <clears throat> and uh, constantly people are like, Oh, you're, you're doing a Danny McBride. And I'm like, I'm not, that's not what I'm trying to do. But <laughs> I, I mean, I am trying, basically that, that's the character he plays and everything. He's a dumb Southern, yes. you know? So well, yeah, sure. I, I guess like, <laughs> it's like Burt Reynolds. I mean, he was the same in every film and, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's why you got Burt Reynolds. You knew what you were getting. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's I, I. I guess what I said earlier. If I could make Larry the Cable Guy money, you know, I. I, yep. I don't. That's not my dream in life, but I'll do whatever if that's Listen, you know. It, it may that's not the be, calling. It, it may not be his dream either. You know, there's uh, the guy that plays Mr. Bean. I can't think of his name. Um, oh, anyway, the guy plays Mr. Bean. He's like a classically trained actor. You know, for him to to have to do this Mr. Bean character is not his dream gig, but boy, does it ever pay well. So he's made a career of it. Rowan Atkinson, Ro right? Rowan Atkinson. Yeah, he's brilliant. <laughs> I, just because I had IMDb up looking up all these other things, I'm like, yeah, oh, it's yeah. going to drive me insane. <laughs> uh, no, he's a, he's a brilliant, uh, serious actor. Yeah, no, it, it's... Well, no, the funny thing is, uh, actually, this is what I was going to say earlier, uh, with Better Call Saul and, and Breaking Bad, both of those, most of the actors in those shows cut their chops as comedic actors. 
Brian Cranston was a comedic actor until Breaking Bad. He was he he was you know a character in Seinfeld. He he was nominated a couple times for an Emmy for Malcolm in the Middle uh, as a comedic actor. That was his and Bob Odenkirk for sure has always been comedy, yes. comedy, comedy um, until Breaking Bad and then Better Call Saul. And a lot of the bit parts in those shows too. Bill Burr has a part in Breaking Bad for I don't know six episodes or something um where you honestly he's he does such a good job you don't even think it's bill burr um but a lot of the a lot of the characters in that universe are are straight stand-ups who they're like it i think vince gilligan the guy who made the shows said comedic actors uh, you said this earlier comedic actors can be the best dramatic actors because they really know how to encompass emotion in a way that you know is authentic Brian Cranston plays the father in a movie with James Franco called Why Him. Yep. And he's great. He's really funny in it. He he's he's one of those guys. I'm I'm so glad I I because of Breaking Bad, I now just you say Brian Cranston's in something, I'm gonna watch it. Um no. even if the project isn't great, he is. I think he's in a film though. Um I might have the title wrong. It's called The Infiltrator. Yes, he plays. Uh, he's so good in that. Wow, that's a great film. Yeah, he and he he recently had a show for two seasons on Showtime called Your Honor, um, where he plays a judge. And uh, yeah, he's he's just so good. Like it, it's like it, just a master class every time you watch him. And it's like, man, if if not for Breaking Bad, I mean, a guy like that, you, I mean, he was known and he was making money i mentioned he was emmy nominated before but i wonder if they, he would have been just you know middling around in in comedies the rest of his life good career but but he went from i mean breaking bad really catapulted him to superstardom where now again i think there's millions of people like me who it's like brian cranston's in it sure i'll watch godzilla yeah. you know he was in 15 minutes of the damn movie and i was like oh well he was good. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was a dream role as well. You know, there's so many actors could have done that breaking bad role because there's so much talent out there, but yeah, certainly yeah. brought him to the top of the, the heap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, uh, you know, that's, that that's why you say yes to as much as you can. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, I realize. I think we've gone, over an hour already so i'm not going to hold you hostage uh much longer but uh where well, can that's good. Uh... that's good i ran out of beer oh god well i definitely <laughs> won't see i I'll, I'll there you go i i i i don't know if you saw the i i think i told you one of my imdb photos is me at my the first movie premiere and i'm signing an autograph but i didn't bother to put my pbr down so i'm just <laughs> hunched to my body trying to because i'm not the guy's holding the thing still because i'm not putting my beer <laughs> so i had a lot of pbr that night because that the theater they sold that and some you know some other beers but i'm like i'm i'm gonna stick with pbr yeah, uh, i don't so, know I'm, I'm, i love this stuff and there's nothing wrong with it i gotta tell you uh <laughs> i i also i'm i'm a veteran with this podcasting stuff so i brought I brought the bottle and, and backup ice. So I was able Understood. to refill during the show. Understood. Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
But where where can uh, where should people look to to find you? Uh, Pink is in, obviously. Do you have any socials? Just tell my audience any place they can go to find you. Well, it's, uh, I'm not I'm not particularly on social media, but there's lots about me on social media because there's a Pink is in Instagram, Pink is in Facebook. I know that F- uh, Pink is in TikTok, I believe. Uh, oh. But if you want to get a hold of me, the website is pinkisin.net. Excellent. I'll repeat that. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. Pinkisin.net. Pinkisin.net. And also, the link will be in the show notes, folk, folks. So check it out. Uh, thank you so much uh, for, for coming on with me. Um, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm sure you're the same. Could talk comedy for hours and hours and hours, but I won't oh, make yeah. the audience listen to that. <laughs> no, it's my pleasure. And thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to speak again down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Kim Lombard, for joining me. And uh, make sure you check out Pink Is In. Again, you can watch it for free on Tubi and uh, and other places as well. That was the last of my four episodes where I recorded them in a three-day stretch, I think I want to say, where my throat was shot. This was the last one, I think, in that stretch, thus the last one to be released. Um, but I think my voice sounded a lot better in, uh, in this one than probably the last three episodes, but we muscled through it folks. So thank you for that. I've got one more episode coming up, uh, in 2023. Um, very enjoyable, um, therapeutic, maybe I would say Uh, a little bit of mental health mixed in there. Um, I don't know. I think it's a good episode and a good one to, uh, come up, you know, during the uh, Christmas time. So I'll do my well wishes and uh, goodbye to 2023 next week on the podcast. But thank you all for joining me again. Make sure you uh, click all of the socials that you are on and uh, make sure you're following me on those. And um, the YouTube again, I I want more YouTube subscribers because I get paid like a quarter of a penny every time I get an ad play. So you know, that's like <laughs> uh, not a lot of money. But hey, what are you going to do? Um, all right, join me next week. Boom, it's over. Thanks for listening. It was amazing. <laughs> I, I loved it. Be sure to come back for another great episode. I'm one wing away from Jeff Macalino. Of the Jeff Macalino Podcast. How much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast? You want to just straight, that's my name. I'll add the word podcast to it. Yup. See you next week.